today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. We've seen the uh, the video, and I'll be honest, I was kind of staying away from this, um, you know, because it's just one of those things where uh, somebody's, and not to, to make light of this or to take anything away from the severity of this of this crime, um, but it seems, um, you know, t- nowadays we'll do almost anything uh, with a camera pointed at us in order to get more likes, more hits, more anything. And, um, you know, I sort of viewed this as that, uh, not thinking it would get the, uh, I guess, the publicity, the legs that it, it now has. Uh, this is in regard to the chair girl. Her name is Marcella Zoa, uh, Zoe. And uh, uh, she was released on bail, charged yesterday and released on bail. She is the blonde girl in the video that you see throwing a chair off of, uh, I believe, 40, 45 floors up uh, in Toronto from a condo. Uh, and you can see the, uh, the Gardner Expressway below where she's throwing the chair. Thankfully, it didn't hit the highway or anyone uh, that was standing below, basically uh, falling uh, outside the lobby of, uh, of the property. Uh, that being said, she has now been charged as a result of all of this uh, with uh, mischief and, and, uh, and damage to property over $5,000, uh, charges of a common nuisance, mischief endangering life and damage to property over $5,000. She was released on $2,000 bail, uh, was in front of the cameras yesterday, although declined to uh, say anything when asked if she wanted to apologize for her actions. Um, and instead her lawyer was speaking for her. That being said, uh, many commenting on she appeared to be enjoying this more than uh, most thought she should be, I guess. Let's bring in Jordan Donich, criminal lawyer, Donich Law, and is with us now. Jordan, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Glad to be here. So uh, uh, what are we to take from what we saw yesterday uh, in regard to not only the video of this person, but the fact that she didn't say anything, kind of seemed to be enjoying all of the attention uh, out in front of the courthouse and, and such. Will that have any bearing on any of this? The problem is uh, judges are human, okay? Uh, people see these type of things. They see the behavior uh, at the bail. Um, and it, it's hard to not draw an inference, right? That's the issue. So her only defense, I think, will be a guilty plea. Um, And when you plead guilty to something like this, where there is certainly some evidence, um, your main goal and objective is to achieve something called a discharge. What a discharge is, is look, you're saying, I did this, I'm guilty, I'm sorry, but because I'm a first offender, because uh, uh, I'm a good person otherwise, um, I I would like a break basically, and I wouldn't like a criminal record. And that's what a discharge is. The problem is, though, when a judge decides to give a discharge, there's two factors. The first factor is, is it in her interest? And I I think we can all agree it usually is in the offender's interest to get no criminal record or conviction. The second question, and where they're going to have a hard time with this case, is, is it in the public interest? So is it in the interest of society to give someone who does this type of thing um, a discharge? And then the problem is, um, when when you're trying to get a discharge, you're pleading guilty. And when you're pleading guilty, you're supposed to be remorseful. I guess my issue is, is does that conflict possibly with the behavior at the release of the bail? That's my thought entirely. She did not seem to be remorseful over this. She seemed to be enjoying it. Now, you know, I mean, what can we take away from that? She's a 19-year-old kid, maybe, you know, maturity thing, who knows? Uh, I mean, I guess we can't judge without knowing the person. Um, But that being said, is that a factor? 
it's hard not to be, I think. Um, yeah. The problem is cameras record things. Um, the camera was a factor in getting her arrested. Um, you know, can it be used after in sentencing? Uh, it's, you know, prob- it would be probably difficult from an admissibility standpoint, but it's hard. Here's the point, right? Here's what always goes through our heads. Is it in the judge's head? Is it in there? And you don't want it in there. You just would rather it not be in the brain uh, when making a decision. Right. And if somebody watches this footage and, and then you're six months from now pleading guilty and apologizing and saying how remorseful you are, does this conflict with it? Will it be used potentially to uh, make it look less genuine? That's the problem here. Uh, the video that we saw of her heaving the chair over the balcony, is that enough to prosecute? I mean, is, is, as you said, video doesn't lie. I mean, is, is that case closed there? I think so. Um, It certainly is admissible, assuming they can prove it's her, the identity, but let's assume that's done. Um, So really, what it's going to come down to is what happened before that and circumstances around it. Again, not to say it didn't happen, because I think the video is pretty clear. It's more to say perhaps the circumstances surrounding why it happened, and that's, I think, what the issue is here. If it's a situation where uh, there's some external force uh, and that's true, and it's not entirely your fault, um, is your demeanor at the time of release, you know, portraying that. Um, what about in the video that others are heard telling her to do so? Uh, what about those others involved? Should they have been charged? I think so. Um, I think they can be charged as a party, uh, for sure, to the offense. I think they quite likely could all be charged. The police may not know their identities, though. That could be part of the problem right now. The only way to get their identities would be through her, quite likely, since she turned herself in. Uh, that, to me, means uh, they don't know who the other people are. Right. So depending on whether she talks or not, it could influence that direction. Uh, obviously, if she decides not to talk, what does that say when it comes, what does that say to a judge once that's in, in his or her head? Um, well, her cooperation with the police, and uh, this is always something that goes through our heads as defense lawyers, you know, if she cooperates with police, if she gives up these other people, right, if she tells the police who all these other people are that should be charged, is she going to get a benefit for that? Will she get a break on sentence? So it comes in in that, I think, uh, part of the the legal argument. Uh, And that's really something only her lawyer will have to decide and know at this point. But there very well could potentially be additional charges for these other people uh, because they are almost equally involved. It's like the situation where you're telling someone to shoot somebody or to kill somebody. You don't pull the trigger, but you're there filming it and encouraging it. Um, The law has a problem with that. Um, Obviously, the the video does uh, uh, reveal what happened and, and how the situation unfolded. Uh, that being said, uh, separately from that, the fact that they did this on camera, what's the intent there? Does does that change things? Yeah, so I think the fact that it is filmed um, in such a fashion where it's obviously intentional and yeah. it's for kind of show and tell, um, I think it makes it worse. And I think the court will come down hard on that because uh, they want to discourage this behavior. They want right. to discourage people... Um, taking chances with life and property uh, for fame and making that their own personal interest paramount to the safety of others. Which is an ongoing issue all the time. It's amazing that some or more haven't got that message. 
So the question is, though, how do you send the message to society and to other people in the future not to do it, right? How do you do that? And the only way to do that is with tougher penalties, and that's yeah. going to be the problem here. Um, an interesting question from a listener. Uh, this was, I think, the 45th floor, obviously quite a ways up there. That could have done a tremendous amount of damage, the chair, if it had hit someone or a car, per se. Would it have mattered if it was the first floor versus the 45th floor or 50th floor? Yeah, I think it would. I think it would because, and I'll tell you why. The only reason, the only reason um, someone's not dead is because of luck, just luck, yeah, just, yeah. just the way the universe was at the time, the way mm. the winds were, yep. the way people were walking, the time they left during the day. That, that is the only reason somebody's not dead. Mm. And if it was thrown on the first floor, it's quite, or the second floor, it's quite likely somebody would not die if they were hit by that chair. They yeah. probably would get seriously injured or injured, mm-hmm. but that's the difference. The difference is, I think, if, you know, I think we can all agree, if you're hit with a projectile from that height, you're probably not, you know, you're going to probably suffer serious injury or, or die. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the difference. Whereas if it's at a lower level, again, I know we're getting super technical, but it, I think it makes it less aggravating because somebody throwing an object at that height ought to know mm-hmm. that there's a high probability that if it hits somebody or something, it's going to cause damage or harm. What about if the person was under influence at the time of something, drugs, alcohol, anything? It's, those defenses really don't fly, and I'll tell you why. Um, the simple reason is the court will say, uh, you know, you think about it, right? I mean, if somebody could argue I was high, I didn't know what I was doing, then, then everybody gets off everything. Where does it stop? Right? Where, 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 yeah. where, do, where do people actually get punished? Mm-hmm. So the way the courts will get around that, or the Crown, they're going to say, well, yeah, okay, maybe we're high or maybe we're drunk, but you're responsible for everything that happens because you chose to get drunk. So because you got drunk or because you got high, um, yeah, you know, we believe you were, but that's what happens. If, if you're intoxicated and, and you do bad things, you're, you're still responsible for them. So you better not get intoxicated. I had heard that, um, uh, that she had thrown two chairs, allegedly. Um, uh, that being said, and I'm not sure if that's the case here or not, but would that matter, hypothetically, even? Yeah, it's way worse. Um, it's much worse, not only because there was two potential chances where somebody could get injured. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it, to me, uh, supports the intention to do it. Yeah. So it's no longer an impulsive situation where you're just, I don't know, in the moment and being pressured. You have to think about doing it again. You have to choose to do it again, and, and you did it again. So those are going to be difficult arguments, I think, for the defense to overcome if, in fact, that's proven. Now, that could be a defense, Maybe a defense would be they can't prove the second chair hmm. with her. Maybe somebody else threw it. Hmm. Right? So, uh, but again, those defenses, if they were to be argued, would go to just what I normally call trying to you know, shave down the sentence, basically, um, to, uh, by tackling the case from that perspective. Uh, there's uh, reports also that this, was, uh, this apartment was allegedly used as an Airbnb. Any ramifications about that? Neighbors saying that, you know, every weekend there's different parties in there or different people in there, rather. Uh, does that play into this at all? So there would be liability, I think, for the homeowner. And this is where things get really scary when you rent out your place. Um, if somebody did get injured or died, the question is, you know, who do they sue? Right. If, if there's a stroller walking there and she's hit um, and, and somebody's hurt, she can't sue this 19 year old. She has nothing. Mm-hmm. She has no insurance. How is that fair to her, the injured person or the dead person? Uh, so what would happen is they would probably sue the owner of the unit mm-hmm. and the owner of the unit 
I would think, would be liable for something. What about Airbnb? Um, again, that would be probably another target, but the owner of the unit would be the easiest target. Right. Uh, because they live in this jurisdiction, the property's here, it's an asset, it would be the easiest to collect from, um, and they would go after their home insurance liability. Uh, th- that's, I think, what would happen. Uh, and then would the owner perhaps sue Airbnb? No, I think the owner could have a problem, and this is why everyone needs to be careful with uh, who's in their house and what yeah. they do. Um, because e- even if it's not the owner's fault, you have to put it, think of it this way. If there's a person whose life, who's in a wheelchair for the rest of their life because they get hit for something from the sky, yeah. uh, is, is the court really going to say to that person who, who's now seriously injured, oh, you're just out of luck, too bad, wrong place, wrong time? Right. I mean, I would think they'll find a way to capture some money for them or damages somehow because it's unjust. Mm. Um, what, uh, what would happen, what's, despite, let's just say hypothetically this gets tossed out because it is a first offense or there's a, a minor uh, penalty of some sort, um, or perhaps even a, a major one to, to, to send a message. What does this do to this person's life, especially that it's recorded? So... Two things. One, there's always the what's a criminal record going to do to you type thing. Going to have a hard time getting a job, certainly can't be a professional. Uh, So there's that aspect. And then there's also the aspect of social media and people just searching your name uh, going forward for all kinds of other things. I mean, do you really want to be the candidate for a job 10, 15 years from now when you don't, you know, when you need that? Uh, You want to really be a candidate. Uh, And that's, I think, the part people don't think about too often is how permanent things are uh, online. And um, what you do at, at this point in time could carry and haunt you for a long time. Um, does this, like, there's a lot of condos in Toronto. Does this happen a lot? It does. It's just not reported. And it's not with chairs, mostly. Um, it's typically beer cans, uh, change, rocks. So, no, it certainly happens a lot. We see that lot. Uh, um, it's not covered a lot. Um, the reason I, I think obviously what's different here is the nature of the item, uh, which makes it a lot different. And, and of course, that it was filmed and it's on camera. So most mm-hmm. of the time that's not done either. But it certainly happens. People drink. They are on balconies. They throw all kinds of things. Uh, and, and people get charged all the time. It, has there been, ser- I guess there must have been serious injury over time from this. There's certainly damage. I don't know about in- injury, but there is certainly damage. I think that's where people tend to get caught is they will throw, I've seen flower pots, Um, not this high up, Mm -hmm. but uh, typically it hits a car and someone's vehicle gets damaged. It's it's usually a situation involving someone trying to damage property and they get caught that way and they're arrested that way. Uh, Any advice for people when it comes to this sort of thing? I mean, how many times have we talked about um, posting stuff online? I mean, you know, I mean, it, it sounds like that's not really the message. The message is you shouldn't be throwing stuff off yeah, of balconies. Yeah. The messages don't break the law, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean, it, people have to realize that they have to get their priorities straight, especially, I think, young people online right now. Somewhere it's gotten, it's become, not with every young person, but certainly some young people. The video is uh, more important than the safety. Well, or it's not even just the video, like the, 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 the fame or whatever you call it or the attention yeah, yeah. is more is paramount to your own life, yeah. like in a paramount to your future. And that makes no sense. And I think we need to celebrate things and educate young people that there's, 
to go back to basics, and that's really what I think this is about. So what should the penalty be here, Jordan? So I would be hoping, if I was her lawyer, for a, for a discharge. The problem is, as this has unfolded, and as we, I think, saw after the bail, it's going to be harder to argue that. So that would be the golden ticket. Um, the question is, what's the judge going to do? And and the defense has an uphill battle here. And um, it's, a, it's a one-off situation. To me, I, I, I would think her life should not be ruined and, and to have a criminal record, but mm-hmm. I can see why. Um, the court would want to set an example here. And the reason is, to get off, to get that golden ticket as a discharge, it has to be in the public interest. And the question here is, is it in the public interest to give a free pass? Interesting dilemma. Jordan Donich has been with his criminal lawyer, Donich Law, talking about the girl that heaved the chair off the uh, balcony of a uh, high-story condo in Toronto, luckily not hurting anyone. Jordan, thanks for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Thanks very much. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.